Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S. as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, September 15, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 5. We will be reading and commenting on the fifth paragraph, which begins with shortly afterward and ends with just that. Today's readers are Lindsay W., Alice G., Nancy P., Craig F., and Ginger C. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, September 14, 2020, are 15,347 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 15347, and 15,349 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 15349. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. This is Lindsay W., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Lindsay W. I will now ask Alice G. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Alice G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve, Pat. Thank you, Alice G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by staying past, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 5. We will be reading and commenting on the fifth paragraph, which begins with shortly afterward and ends with just that. I will now ask Nancy P. to go ahead and read that for us. 
Hi, good morning, um, Rebecca, This and good morning, everybody. This is Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, grateful. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way, and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I began to wonder, for such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. Okay, let me turn my timer on here. So where had been my high resolve? I know where it was. I know where Bill's was because the exact same thing kept happening to me. It happened to me because it isn't about the food. It's, food isn't my problem. Abstinence is my problem. I kept trying to weigh and measure my way out of my problem and make things just so, arrange things just exactly perfectly. And, there, and then I'd be able to stay ahead of the problem. And it always, 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 always failed. Always failed. And I'd go about my merry way and either something would happen, some catastrophe, or nothing would happen. Um, and there I'd be, right back in the food again. And what always, 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 again, always, always happened to me is just exactly like what it says in the book. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. And this is the seething debate that they mention in the doctor's opinion, the idea that abstinence will take care of the problem. Because I've gone back to that well again and again and again, and it never works because I'm still left with my scary disease thinking. It's like a terrible loop, but the only thing that they have to suggest an entire abstinence without a higher power is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. It just doesn't, it's, you know, it's, you're doomed. Talk about doomed, I'll say. And, you know, I'll give my usual nine million guesses as to what happened to me so that I even could know. Any takers out there? Okay, I'll tell you the secret. I surrendered. Surrender, surrender, surrender. It's the only thing that I know. And it, from it stem all forms of recovery for me. And the only thing that I have that's to add to that today is I had an epiphany last week when I was um, discussing step work with a sponsee, which as an aside is why I love sponsoring. I, I never stop learning. And here I am surrendered. But what then? How is it that I've never been able to stay surrendered before? Or how is it now that I can stay surrender? And if my surrender will it fail me, you know, it's like a thing. And what I came, what I decided, what I learned is that, you know, I've worked my way through this process happily, but it was when I really embraced just the idea of a power working in my life, even at the same time that I'm still not sure what I believe, that really made my surrender operational. So again, just like it says in the book, my idea about abstinence that I kept trying didn't work, but the higher power one did. You're right, the God idea did. My idea didn't, and the God idea did. It really started to grow and thrive when I admitted that I could have this thing. You know, I must have this thing. And it continues to grow and thrive, even as I remain a happily devoted agnostic. It's like a nuclear-powered surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P., for getting us started and your share on the reading. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the fifth paragraph on page five in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Christina J. 
Lisa B. Carolyn A. Reva B. Wait, 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 wait. I just, I'm writing Christine J. So who was after Christina J? Lisa B. Lisa B. Who was after Lisa B? Reva P. Melissa C. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I did get Melissa C, but who was who were the other two names? Carolyn A. Reva. Reva. Reva I know P. Reva's trying to get in. Reva P. And Carolyn H. Was it? Yes, thank you. H or A. H. Okay. And was there another person who was trying to come in after Lisa B? Okay. Lorraine. Who else wanted to? Was it Lorraine or Maureen? With is an it L. with an L? Lorraine yeah. B. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, did anyone say their name and I don't have it? I have Christina, Lisa, Melissa, Carolyn, Reva, and Lorreen. Okay. Did anyone else want to say their name and was being patient and waiting? <laughs> Ginger C. Ginger C. Okay. All right, since it's quiet, I'm going to stop there. Christina J., Lisa B., Melissa C., Carolyn H., Reva P., Lauren B., and Ginger C., Christina J., please go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning, all. Thanks, everyone, for your service today. Um, Yeah, this, I'm Christina J. from the state of Washington. This paragraph reeks of powerlessness. It's just he's beginning to realize he doesn't have any power over this thing. And, you know, I have all the usual stories. Some of my worst recovery stories are I would go to a meeting and go binge afterwards. Um, Didn't have any power, you know, even after a meeting. um, And my husband giving me some tough love one time. I was ashamed and scared and woke up the next day promising, and then soon I was back in the food. But today, um, I don't have high resolve. I'm free of high resolve. Um... I am, and I'm cautiously free because it's it's one day at a time with a reprieve, of course. Uh, if someone pushes a bite my way or has something at the office, uh, I'm recoiling as if from a hot flame, but not not horribly running away. I'm peacefully running away. I'm peacefully walking away. It's not my food. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the pain it will cause. Um, I don't have an appalling lack of perspective anymore. I mean, God has filled me with recovery around food, neutrality around food. Um, Today, which is, again, I use the word cautiously, I celebrate 60 days of very clean abstinence. I couldn't say that before. In all my years in recovery, in the OA rooms and in vision, I could not say I was fully recovered. Uh, because I would be playing with food, I was playing with bites. I was of my of my abstinent food, and I certainly didn't have the kind of spiritual uh, connection I have today. And I still had high resolve, even in program. I was going to do this. I was going to keep my abstinent food plan. I was going to, you know, uh, get this thing. I was going to fight, and uh, I was white knuckling. So I don't have to come home drunk anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just. Um, It's horrifying in my gut to think of the ways I acted with food, and I really feel this paragraph. I feel the hopelessness and the powerlessness. But today, I don't have to fight. I got God to lead the way, and I got my sponsor, and I got all of you, and I appreciate it, and I'm so grateful for the gift. It's just an amazing gift when you finally reach that place 
of not having to fight anymore. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Lisa B. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, Rebecca, and for everyone that makes this meeting possible. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, I really identify with this paragraph because I would look at people that they were thin and healthy and happy, and I would see them taking bites and foods without um, with impunity, you know, like it says in the doctor's opinion, which means without any harm, you know, their life did not fall apart. And I would think, why can't I do that? I've got to be able to do that. I'm going to do that, you know, and I would try it over and over again. And I would use my brother and my sister as an example, not my, my brother that was the drug addict, but my other brother and my other sister, they seemed so healthy and balanced and stable. And I would see my sister standing there and eating cookies or my brother, you know, eating a slice of pizza. And I would think, you know, I should be able to do that. So I would try that over and over again. I didn't want to be different in my mind and body. I have always felt different. I've always felt like I didn't fit in, you know, but today I do accept who and what I am. And with that surrender is so much freedom. I'm not fighting, trying to make myself fit, you know, into a hole that just isn't my fit. It's not who and what I am. I love accepting who and what I am today and the solution that comes along with it that makes my life even better. You know, this is my medicine, but how blessed am I to be able to take something, a remedy, the solution that makes me and my life better, makes me whole inside. And that's what I wanted to share. And I need to keep coming back and I need to work with newcomers because I need to be reminded, I keep learning over and over newer, deeper levels. And I keep working with recovered fellows and I keep learning, you know, who and what I really am. I thought I knew who I was like six months ago or a year ago, but I'm continuing to learn over and over at deeper levels. It's the same thing, just deeper levels. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Melissa C. Lisa B. was from South Carolina, by the way. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I jumped in there super quick. Um, Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Alyssa Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm from New York. And, um, you know, when I read this, it's um, for me like Bill's story, it's like a list at this point of management techniques. And, um, you know, and they would make sense for someone who um, doesn't have this disease, who doesn't have a real spiritual sickness, you know. It's um, these are the things that normal people can use for normal size problems, you know. So, what did you know? What did he use to manage this spiritual sickness? You know, what did I use to manage a spiritual sickness? Um, were things that were not powerful enough for this kind of a problem. So resolve, you know, like if you're if you're really sick, you can't just resolve to get better you know, um, and, and fighting, right? So, you know, you can put up a good fight against an illness, but um, if you need a specific medication, you can fight all you want. You're not going to get better. And, um, and perspective, you know, like he said, like uh, such an appalling lack of perspective. So 
that begins to um, define what it is to have a form of insanity because if you have a form of insanity, which this kind of is, it's rooted in my brain, um, that I lack seeing things in the appropriate way. You know, that's part, that's part of what it means to, to have this disease, that I can't in those moments, that's my blank mental spot, um, I can't see it with perspective, you know. And so for this, it's like all this leads him and me, right, to believe that I need something much more powerful in order to eliminate my compulsion, you know. At this point, um, he wants to stop. And um, and I, like, that's when we really come to understand that we're powerless. Not when I was out there having fun eating, but when I really, really, really wanted to stop more than anything, and I really couldn't. I, I had to see that... Um, my strategies, my management techniques weren't working. And, um, you know, and why don't they work? Because I'm not powerful enough. What I have is, is something that no human power can solve. Therefore, I need a higher power. And we don't determine we need a higher power until we've exhausted all the power within us. That's just my experience. Um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. from New York. Carolyn H. Good morning, everyone. My name is Carolyn from Atlanta, and thank you for your service. Uh, I am so thankful for my higher power. And for me, without uh, a higher power, I cannot survive in no manner in all phases of my life. I have released 25 pounds all by the grace of God and one day at a time. Although I have pounds, 25, 25, 25 pounds, you know, more to go. But uh, working with my sponsor, she, she, I've learned, you know, just don't, you know, focus on that. A lot of times I'm like, I can't, I can't you know, that I got to just, you know, work on this weight because of uh, health problems and things like that. But uh, just turning everything over to my higher power is just such a relief. You know, it's like it's a it's like a freedom. Actually, uh, it's like being in his fifth heaven. And program also teaches me that I cannot do a, do it alone. You know, I have worked the steps, and that's uh, you know that's one thing. You know, got I got to have the higher my higher power is also in the reading is reference to um absence of without a higher power is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. And I can relate to that because also uh it's like a ship without a sail. I have uh, made it clear to my family members that I need their support in um you know, that I'm, you know, work in this program, I'm working it, and I'm just so thankful. You know, it is really a blessing to for this program and uh, being able to, you know, just just fall in line with it. Because don't get me wrong, I have had, oh, many, many days of uh, binging and, oh, just like, 
okay, I'm going to just eat one item or one cookie. And no, and it's just amazing how this disease works uh, in my mind. Yeah, I'm just going to eat one of those items. And knowing all along that it's impossible impossible for me to do that. But uh, by the grace of God, my higher power, I can say that I'm abstinent today, one day at a time, work the steps, read my literature, you know, get on the calls, and just say, thank you, Lord, every day, my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carolyn H. from Atlanta, Georgia. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, currently in Montreal. Um, So this paragraph is showing me that I can stop for periods of time, although um, towards the end it was maybe a couple of hours, barely, um, but I can't stay stopped. Um, And it's reminding me what doesn't work. So my resolve, my determination, my mind, my thinking, my knowledge, my self-will, my trying harder, my trying harder, harder. Um, I feel like I'm the queen of efforting. Um, Yeah, fighting, Um, memory, all those things are not going to help when it comes to this disease. And I love the word resolve because when I break it up, it's re-solving. And that was me trying to re-solve and solve my problems over and over and over again. And, you know, this is um, in context to his food, I mean, to his um, alcohol or to my food, but it applies to everything. Like, is there anything that I can just do self-will run riot? No, not anymore. Um, I can't, you know, use my high resolve and efforting and thinking. I can't use my sick mind to heal the sick mind when it comes to relationships, finances, health, all of that stuff. So there's nothing wrong with effort. There's nothing wrong with determination. But for me, um, as an addict, I tend to just like run off on my own, um, with my old beliefs and my old thinking. And what this program has taught me is I need to align my um, work, my effort with God's will. I need to stop and remember, hey, with everything, I'm powerless. I cannot run the show here and do the step work so that I'm aligned. And the work that I do, the effort, it's, it doesn't even, the word effort doesn't even apply because I'm in alignment. It's like um, somebody shared, you know, when you're in a sailboat and your sail is in alignment with the wind, you're just going and being pushed from behind. That's what it's like when I'm um, in line with God's will for me. So the effort is nowhere near as hard. When I effort, it's like going against a tornado and I'm trying to run through it um, or run against the high wind. So I love the reminder, no more fighting, no more thinking and resolving and resolving in my own little head. Um, It's about asking, remembering I'm powerless, remembering who to ask, not asking myself, but asking my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. in Montreal. Maureen B.,
come very close to killing ourselves before we were born. But I have to be beaten into a state of reasonableness. I don't get this, and I want to keep it in play, and I'll go to great lengths to do so. So thank God, if you're not done, keep eating until you're done, because coming in and wanting a Band-Aid, it's a temporary fix. I want to go to, I want to be willing and desperate and out of ideas. So I keep moving my muscles in this place of recovery. I don't want to return to the nightmare. It's not an answer today. No longer is food a solution. So, you know, it's this thinking, because I know a lot of people that have been absent a long time. The allergy didn't trip them up. It was the thought, that crazy thought that crossed their mind and they bought it hook, line and sinker and they were eating. So I got to check in with my thinking because whatever I'm thinking, that's where I'm heading. And I better check in before I check out. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. We read the fifth paragraph on page five in the big book that began with shortly afterward and ended with just that. If you haven't shared on Friday or Monday on a vision for you and would like to share on that paragraph, Give me your first name and last initial. Teresa P. Teresa Jen A. Joanne M. Craig F. Craig F. I think we could take one Katie or two B. more. Who B? Katie V. Oh, Katie V. Thank you. Thanks. Anybody else? I think we could get two more names in here. Shirley S. Shirley S. as in Sam or F as in Frank? S as in Sam. That's a Shirley. One more taker? Did you get Katie B as in boy? You know what? I got a KDV as in Victor. Was there a KDV and a KDB? Yes. Okay. I got you, KDB. That will do. That will do well for us. We have Teresa P, Jen A, Johan or Johan N. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I'm sorry. Craig F, KDV, Shirley F, and KDB. Teresa P, go right ahead. Hi, I'm Teresa P. I'm a re- grateful recovered compulsive overeater and um, glad to hear this, uh, the passage. And it's truly amazing. I have this memory that literally forgets. And I forgot what the passage was. But I remember the word surrender. And I remember that, that thought that comes out of nowhere. And that's what always took me out. You know, I'm working really hard on the diet. It's working, I think, you know, and I don't have a problem. Well, I do have a problem. You know, I, I don't want it. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm handling it. I've I got this now. You know, it's working. I've lost that 60 pounds and feeling good. And then out of nowhere comes the thought, oh, let's have a bite of this. You know, for me it was, <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be good. That's the crazy part. You know, let's just have some toast, some cinnamon toast. <laughs> and so I had one, and uh, off and running again one more time, and it's happened over 
and over and over. And, you know, and I, I fought the idea. I always thought, you know, food is my problem. If I could just control the food. And, you know, food is not my problem. My problem is I don't know how to stay in my own skin. You know, it's so uncomfortable. I mean, you know, life is just not going my way. You know, I've got these great plans, you know. This should happen, and, you know, he should do this, and, you know, I should do this, and, and then it's not happening. And, but I get to remember, you know, what what I have to come, keep coming back for is to hear all of you share how, you know, I can't do it. You know, I don't have the power. I need to keep coming back because, you know, only God has the power. And, uh, but, you know, I don't want to do it God's way. I have these ideas that I think are better. Or, you know, I don't know what God's plan is. That's, that's scary. You know, who knows what's going to happen? I won't know. And, you know, and, and I've had so many times in my life where I've been afraid of it. I just got to keep control. And, and I don't. I get to let go. <laughs> And, you know, and see what happens. And uh, I've been working on the stitch of the, the mermaid, and she's glorious, but there's a few problems come up. And I was shocked when I got the framing, the framed picture back, which I thought was going to be beautiful. And it was, except for the crooked lines. And so I got to, you know, pray on the crooked lines and do 10 steps on it and and work with the uh, the person who's doing the framing and make changes and be willing to make changes. And that's what I did. And now I get to make more changes and be willing to take more changes. And, you know, she's not going to be perfect the way I thought it was. And you know what? It's okay. I get to surrender and go with the flow. Go down the stream. The current is just moving this way and just go with it. I can't fight upstream. You know, I've tried that. It doesn't work. I get to sail the little boat with the wind. I like that little sail. It's just pushing along and, you know, and just enjoy the ride. And and I got to enjoy that ride when I went back to the person, you know, that I was so shocked with. And, you know, I got to just take God with me and go, okay, well, you know, what can we do? And and now I get to go back again, okay? You know, this plan I thought was still not going to work. And, you know, and what can we do? And just. Let it go, you know, it's all in God's hands and it's God's way. And, you know, and one more time, when I surrender to God's will, yes, I feel uncomfortable. And, but you know what? It comes out better in the end. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Teresa P. Jen A., Hey, good morning, Rebecca. Jen A. here in Littleton, Colorado, recovered compulsive overeater today. Well, here I am again, right, in the same space, in the same place, just like Bill. Um, Can I identify in with him? Absolutely, I can, right? Um, I remember that time when somebody just pushed the cake my way. There's no fight. Oops, I did it again. I was that girl, right? Um, that me- that mental blank spot, um, that's what we're talking about here, right? Um, and then the next thing I know, um, not only am I back to the food, but I'm back to the gyms and the pills and the potions, and I'm pretty sick, 
pretty sick and unsuccessful and I can't even see it. Why? Because I'm in my disease. It's defeating me. Um, it's a permanent state of defeat. I get frustrated and I get beaten down. But it wasn't until I got beaten down completely, just like Bill, later on in this chapter, up, up again, down again, up again, down again. I put the food up, put it down, put it up, put it down, right? Um, and I was always determined that I could just make it one more day, determined I'm not going to eat today, determined, or I'm not going to restrict and I'm going to eat all my food on my food plan today. I was determined, right? There's a lot of me in there. Um, so I'm definite, definitely like Bill. Um, but what I know is that the doctor's opinion um, through page 23 talks about my allergy. And then I also know that there are 20 pages, 23 through 43, that speak to my mind because that's where my disease centers also. And it's a tricky, tricky place for me, right? My stinking thinking gets me in trouble every single time. And you know what? I'll never forget that last binge. Um, because I didn't even think about it. I don't remember saying, I'm going to go to 7-Eleven. I'm going to buy these items, and I'm going to eat them, and then I'm going to throw up. I never, ever, ever remember that in my head. That's what's so tricky and cunning and baffling about the disease. And so, you know, what I know today is um, that <laughs> I, I don't fight the food. Um, as a result of doing these steps, as a result of the spiritual awakening and being rocketed into this fourth dimension of existence, this spiritual life, um, I'm not fighting with food anymore. In fact, I'm more of a lover. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I try to be a lover of people and life. Um, but really what had to happen to me first is I had to totally tap out, totally tap out and be done. And then when I was done, I could, I could tap into God. And that's the beautiful thing. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Jen A. in Colorado. Johan N. Hi, my name is Johan N. And I'm uh, calling from Fallen in Sweden. Uh, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for service and for all the shares so far. It's been really great being on this meeting and it always is. And I love this paragraph. It really reminds me uh, of how powerless Bill was and how powerless I am. When I first came to OA in the beginning of last year, I thought that I could uh, uh, play around with this uh, program. I got a sponsor, I started working the steps, but I wasn't really honest in my in my food plan uh, was dragging the steps because I mean I, I was still in the food with my with the food plan that I had then and uh, after a few months I went out on a binge and uh, then something happened uh, after I came back there I could really see the seriousness of this uh, illness and uh, this time I had the best friend that I could have on on uh, uh, walking, walking with me, and that was desperation. I really had uh, intensive desperation, and um, I started working the steps again, and I worked through them fast. And I really committed to this program and uh, took it seriously. I got a real honest food plan, and uh, as a result of that, I really quickly uh, as well got a spiritual experience, and uh, I was, uh, I, uh, I recovered which was a, this was a miracle. 
And I always thought that food was my problem. Uh, but, uh, and, and, and I mean, even I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic as well. And even with that in mind, where I know that <laughs> alcohol and drugs are, are my solution, I still thought when I came to OA in the beginning that food was my problem. And uh, uh, today everything has changed and I'm so grateful for this program and I can live one day at a time uh, in step 10, 11 and 12 uh, after my best abilities and, uh, and just be a father to my daughter that's here and be a, be a son to my father and be at peace and ease with people around me and, and just living a wonderful life. I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Johan, from N, as in Nancy, from Sweden. Craig F. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this is uh, one of those places in, in the book that is pivotal. And it, it's so um, pivotal that it remains a part of it has to remain a part of my thinking. You know, um, lack of, excuse me, lack of power, that's not a limit. Um, and if I begin to think, uh, no matter how long I've been abstinent or recovered, that I have power, that, that uh, I'm in charge, then I'm lost again. Um, you know, I may not eat that day, but I will eventually. Um, because, you know, I thought for, when I came in and I, I, I listened, at first I thought, well, uh, I, I want God to give me power over food. I want God to give me power over this disease. And, uh, you know, God, you, you can do that, just zap me, you know. And uh, uh, I was missing the idea that uh, it was, that surrender was the solution. that. Um, that if I can remain in that state of humility, that uh, where uh, I accept that God has the power, that I can remain abstinent. Not that that I'm going to somehow get this get this power, this gift of of being in charge, um, but that I have to remain in the consciousness of my my own failure, my own desperation, my own lack of power. And and it's not that part of it's not going to change. The what's going to change is that uh, that I uh, surrender, that I uh, find the humility to say uh, there is a God and I'm not it. And if I can stay there, if I can if I can uh, maintain my fit spiritual condition, which is to main to maintain my consciousness of 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 not being powerful, my consciousness of my desperation when I was trying to run things by the force of my own will, that uh, that I have a chance of staying in an alignment with this higher power and uh, staying abstinent and staying and growing, um, and growing spiritually. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Craig S. from Oklahoma. Katie V as in Victor. 
Hi, good morning. Um, it's Katie V from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph and I've loved the share so far. And thank you everyone who does service and contributes to this meeting. It's amazing. Um, yeah, this paragraph, where had been my high resolve? I just immediately kept thinking about all the times that I would wake up the morning after a binge and say, I can't do it. I'm just too weak. I'm too weak. Or even five seconds before I put the food down, I'm too weak. I can't do it. And I came in in July and I kept piecing together three days, four days, sometimes seven days if I was really lucky. And, uh, and it was so hard. It was so hard. And I felt so small. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dog. Um, I felt so small and, um, and I just said, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do the whole program. I'm too weak. And I did what I think is in the doctor's opinion. Um, I, in my own way, I went to a barn determined to die and, um, and I didn't thank God, but I did realize that this is a life and death um, errand and that, I had to surrender to something greater than myself. And I realized while we were, while people were talking that, oh, I couldn't do this alone. That's why. I'm not. I am weak, but God isn't. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie V. from New York. Shirley S. Hi. Uh, this is Shirley S. Uh, from Savannah, Georgia, and um, I'm just so uh, grateful to be on this line and to be uh, with all of you in this uh, recovery. Um, what came out for me um, in really yesterday's and today's uh, paragraphs was that, um, you know, I was like on a runaway train. And I just didn't even know it. Um, there was I. There was no way that I was going to have any um, decision making or power over any of the um, things that were going on in my life. And and I just see this um, that that Bill was like he was just baffled, um, baffled that um, was he cra- You know, was I crazy? And um, and I relate to that, but, you know, I, uh, my life was unmanageable. Um, I was unmanageable. And um, it really wasn't until I, I came into a vision that I was able to um, make that decision, um, that decision to, uh, I, I think of it as like a, like a stream, like the vision is as a stream um, that I step into every day, and so that um, God can um, use me, and that I can um, have a daily reprieve. So, um, anyway, I just really appreciate uh, everyone's share. I appreciate everyone on this line. I listen um, daily and. Um, you know, today I thought maybe I was being um, pushed a little bit to to share. So um, thank you very much. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Shirley S. from Georgia. Katie B., as in boy. Hi, good morning. This is Katie B., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I look at this paragraph, and I just so identify. You know, shortly afterward, I came home drunk. It just, first of all, it kept happening more and more often, right? Like I would white-knuckle diet, white-knuckle abstain, and the stretches of time that I was able to do that successfully got shorter and shorter. Um, and I didn't understand. I mean, I, I still thought I was in control. <laughs> and um, when he talks about there had been no fight, often I would describe my binges as being on autopilot. Like if I was trying to explain it to somebody, I would say like, it just sort of happens. I, I, I'm on autopilot. Um, I, I don't know how else to explain it. And um, I felt like I had no fight, no resolve at that moment. But then Monday morning, I was up and I had my high resolve back and I was going to start again and I meant it. And again, it was because I still thought that I was in control. Uh, and when he talks about his appalling lack of perspective, um, you know, with, with resolve, I'm, I'm relatively successful in other aspects of my life. I can accomplish my goals. And why couldn't I do it with food? Um, and before this program, I just blamed myself. Uh, you know, talk about appalling. I was appalling. It was me. I hated myself because I was to blame. Um, and again, it was still always about me, 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 me. Um, and realizing that I needed God was the beginning of my recovery. Um, and unlike turning to the food, which was autopilot for me, turning to God was not autopilot for me. Um, it's something that I've had to develop. I've had to de work on and develop my habit of, uh, of becoming God reliant. And I've done that by working with my sponsor, working the steps, working daily on my connection to God. And, um, and it's still not always autopilot, but it's just been a beautiful uh, road and a beautiful experience and getting to share it with everybody uh, in this program has just been so wonderful. And uh, I just have a lot of gratitude this morning and I wish you all a beautiful day. I'm gonna pass, thank you. Thank you, Katie B. Does anybody wanna claim their seat or share just for a minute? on the fifth paragraph on page five. Hi, this is Connie. Go for it, Connie, thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Um, I wasn't on for the whole meeting, so I didn't even hear the paragraph, but I'm listening to the shares and I'm just like, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for um, reminding me that I am completely powerless because <clears throat> I also said I'm too weak, I can't do this, and I did it for a bunch of years, and I thought I was doing it. Um, I thought I was powerful because I was doing it. I had neutrality, um, and I didn't care about food that other people were eating or that I even brought into the house or that I was baking or cooking. And um, the minute I picked up, I lost all that um, so-called fluff power that I thought I had. And today, God has given me the opportunity to see that I can't do that myself. I can't get that neutrality back by myself. And I never had it to begin with on, on my own. I had it because God gave it to me. So today, I need to hold on to him every minute. 
um, to keep that neutrality. And it's not natural right now for me to turn to him around food. It is natural throughout the rest of the day, but not throughout food. And I can ask him for help for that, too, because I'm too weak. I don't have that power, but he does. Thank you. Thank you, Connie, for uh, closing us out. And uh, thank you to everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, September 8, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,355. That's 15355. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Sure. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man or person who is still sick. The answers will will come if your own home is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.